when you make a lesson plan, why do you make a lesson plan? It's so that you know you know exactly what you're going to do in your lesson. It's it's there to help you, but it's also there to serve as evidence. If uh, someone from uh, you know the government comes and they want to look at your books, what have you been doing? This serves as evidence of what you've been doing in class. And first title. What is the title? Of what are you going to talk about? What is the lesson about? Also, a good idea is write the date for it. Then, very important, what is your objective? What is your learning objective? Sometimes they call it LO, sometimes, you know, your learning goal or your objective. Now, very important, your learning objective is what you want your students to learn. And it should be um, the SMART. You, you all know a SMART goal. It should be specific. It should be measurable, uh, achievable. It should have results and time bound. So you have to have this idea of what you want students to learn. Now you have to think, what do you want your lesson to be about? And I would suggest thinking of the, the cool chart. You know, the KWL. Um, K is what do the students know? Um, what do... Uh, uh, what do you want them to learn, W, and then L, what have they learned? So always think, okay, so what knowledge do, do the students have? What do they need before this class? What do you want them to learn during this class? And what do you want to learn in the future? So always have that in mind, you know. Think about what the students need to know and what they know will learn in this class and what they will learn in the future. So you know how it goes. Have that in mind. Many teachers, they start teaching and they just think of these random things, you know. I'm going to do a lesson on this. I'm going to do a lesson on that. But the best teachers always think, okay, what am I, what am I teaching right now? What uh, knowledge do the students have in the past? And what do I want them to learn in the future? Okay, so that's the objective. Then, standards. I didn't write it down there, but I'm going to mention it now. Every Every um, province or every state has standards which are linked to objectives. Uh, what do you need next? Now, let's have an overview. Before you start planning your lesson, you have to think, what do the students need, right? So what material do you need? Do they need? You can write down they need books or um, uh, PPT or whatever you need for your lesson. You can also put technology under it. Will you use a computer? Will you use something else to do it? Um, then I want to mention something very quickly before we get to the timeline. Uh, and this is very important in education right now, and it's called differentiation. You've probably heard this before. Differentiation basically means you um, make content available to all students. That means that if you do a, if you do a lesson, you should have a few ways to do it so that it, all the students can learn because students have different ways of learning. So by doing a lesson in a few different ways, they can all learn from it. And that's basically differentiation. It's um, uh, you use different techniques and methods to reach the students. You can also think of students with learning disabilities. How can you make this content available for them? And also perhaps e um, English learners, that um, second language speakers, how can you make it easier for them by giving them vocabulary and sharing that with them? Um, so out of 100%, how much should be student-centered method? So in any lesson, if you can get the students to come from their own experience and share their ideas and work on their own, you should do as much as possible, but it's not always possible to do that. I mean, if you have some content that you actually have to teach them or lecture to them or 
demonstrate to them. It will take up more time. But I would say around 30, 70, the less you speak, the more successful your classes are. I'm guessing it could be 20, 82, but you should try and push it up to at least, I think, 20%, 80%. Now we're going to start with how to start the class. But first, I just want to say, um, I talked about differentiation. Differentiation is using different ways to reach students. But I also want to mention scaffolding. Now, you've heard of scaffolding. Scaffolding is if you use, you give different parts to students to build them up to get it. For example, if you're going to do a reading activity with them, first, you're going to do some kind of vocabulary exercise. You can do some kind of grammar exercise. You can give different parts of reading to the students for them to read. And you bring it all together so that they can build up to learn that. Where differentiation might be that you give different types of reading to different students, where you have the lower level students reading something simpler about the same topic, higher level students, maybe something different. So differentiation and scaffolding are very similar, but um, uh, uh, but they are a little bit different where, you know, the way that you do it. Okay. Just remember, as teaching, we should provide multiple ways, avenues for learning for um, the content that you give, the activities that they do, and also the assessment at the end. We jump into timeline. Now, this is the most important for every teacher. It's basically with your lesson planning, you're going to say, what are you going to do when? And as a teacher, if you have a structure to your class, when you walk inside your class and you know, I'm going to do this, 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 then you feel much more confident and also comfortable in your classroom. So from the, your very first class, try and work on getting a structure. It's great for you, and it's also good for the students to have that routine too. So really work on that. Okay, so for example, my timeline, I'm going to say there are five things. The first one is uh, it's always, you know, uh, your warm-up. How can you how can you start the class and get the students interested in the activity? Um, you can have some kind of, you know, play a fun game or show them a video or, you know, get them engaged. The first five minutes are so important. Hello, mom. Nice to see you. Yeah, the, the first five minutes are so important to get in there and get their attention and also prepare them for the rest of the lesson. Many times students just immediately start teaching and that's a big mistake. Try and get the students settled, try and get them engaged in that. Humans don't just switch on like this. We need some time to warm up and that's what this is for. So have a warm up activity and it can be anything to do with the vocabulary or the learning. You can even engage prior learning. You can say, okay, everyone, let's quickly talk about what we learned last week. Let's split up into groups. Uh, I will get something back from you. So whatever you can do to warm them up for what they're about to do in this class. Then the next one, that is now, so you finish the activity, you say, okay, everyone, take a seat. Now, let's start teaching. And this is your teaching part. We talk about student-based learning, but the teacher still, uh, there's still a role for a teacher to, to be, to lecture and to teach and to talk. The Socrates, Socratic method, the Socratic method is, you know, asking questions and talking. So you're going to start teaching the material. Remember to ask some questions to make sure that the students are following. And this is your main lecture part. You can also do it through, like I said, presentations or demonstration. You can demonstrate how to do something. 
if you're a maths or science teacher, you, you know, you can show something to that and explain it to them. But this is where you teach and you tell them what they need to know. Now, you do that for, I would say, about 15 to 20% 20, 20 of the class. And then you switch to the activity. The activity is where the students practice. They practice and they, they try and learn and they work together. You can do individual activities. You can do peer activities, group activities. But this is where they take the information that they have learned from you. And they can also, now they have to start using it on their own to practice with. So, uh, Ruba asked, how can we apply our lesson plans for teachers that don't have enough time to teach? And I found this a lot, you know, where the people, the, your principal and your um, subject head and your government, they, they want you to prepare these long lesson plans. But maybe you only have 40 minutes in class or 30 minutes in class. How do you do that then? I think one of the most important things as a teacher is being able to, you know, manage your time, to have better time management. And I think, so let's say, for example, I have five things that I do in class. Maybe make it shorter, have a quicker uh, warm up, you know, and then the teaching part is shorter and then give them more time to practice. Ruba, I think it's just about, you know, you don't have to go exactly to your lesson plan, but take into consideration the time that you have. I think most teachers, you know, give yourself enough time to finish what you want them to, to learn and then have a few minutes at the end where you can just check and review. Um, very important. Sometimes the assessment where you can see how the students are doing. This is where you um, check that they have reached the objective or the standard and you can do it through, there are two types of assessment. What are the two types of assessment? It's formative and summative, okay? Um, so you've got, you know, you've, you've got your formative and summative. Um, uh, formative is more like it's, um, it's where you can check it through uh, games or projects or presentations or, you know, an exit ticket or it could be peer or it could be quizzes, uh, you know, it could be quizzes. It can be an exit uh, assessment. Your formative is just think of it as friendly assessment where you can see in class. And then your summative assessment is more based around marks where it might be a test or report or project. Um, so find a way that where you can assess the students. to. It can also just be to check, you know, if they do their activity, let them do their activity in front of the class. What I like to do is, so I said, we've got the warm up, I teach the activity, they practice. What I like to do is with the assessment part, I pick some groups. I say, okay, this group, this group, rocks is a paper, and the losing group has to do it in front of the class. Um, I do it like that so that the students know that I'm going to call on them. This is very important that the students know that they're actually going to have to perform in class. Um, then the review, I said that's um, the review is where you check that the students know everything. You, you know, at the end of every class, you want to ask the students, what have you learned today? And I love going through class and being saying, okay, guys, what did you learn today? Did you learn a new word? Did you learn some expression? Did you practice something? Um, what did you learn today? So make sure to check on your students to review their knowledge. Yeah. Um, then this brings us to reflection and this is very important when you do your um your lesson planning let's say you do reflection so 
when you prepare your lesson planning, obviously, you know, you've got to, teachers don't have a lot of time. But before the semester starts, try and get a couple of, you get, first you get your curriculum and then your monthly planning or your, for your term. And then you can start getting into your weekly planning. And then finally you get into your lesson planning. Try and do your lesson planning for the week. And then after each lesson, you want to quickly reflect on the lesson. You can reflect and say, okay, what did I learn from this? Um, what went well? What, what did I enjoy? What did the students really enjoy? What can I improve? What ideas do I have in the future? What do I take away from this? And you quickly make a, a note underneath. Um, I think, you know, when you teach a when you teach something, especially as teachers, maybe you're teaching the same topic to different classes, right? Many times you have to teach the same thing year after year. So you're going to do that, that lesson again and again and again. And usually in a week, let's say in a week, I've got four classes that I have to teach the same lesson. The first lesson is usually it's, it's quite tough because you get into it. You get a feel for the material and how to explain it. Uh, you get a feel for what the students get, you know, um, how the students react to it and what activities work. And, but if you make, if you reflect on your lessons and you make a small note for future reference, you'll have that and you can say, oh, I am improving as a teacher. You know, oftentimes we, we preach to our students. We say, okay, if you make a mistake, just fix it and, you know, and work at it, make a note of that mistake you make. But even as teachers, you know, we can tell ourselves, oh, okay, I made this mistake in the future, I should fix it this way. But you're going to forget, if you make a small note in your planning, you know, and the next year you find your planning again and you see that you're like, oh yeah, I remember, I can do this again. And it also, you know, if your boss is going to look at your lesson planning and they see, wow, this person is, trying to improve this teacher is actually a quality teacher that they can say that's a sign of a quality teacher right okay um yeah and what will you ref reflect on you can say did the did the lesson go on too long is there some parts that the students needed more help with some too easy are they interested and did all this how many of the students reach the objective very important